Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 96, One Year Later with Client Amy. Hello, hello, hello. Well, I have a very special treat for y'all today. You guys might have remembered Amy, my client Amy, who came on the podcast about a year ago, maybe a little bit longer. And we talked about her success in the program and how she's had such amazing changes and like huge weight loss and stopped over drinking. And it was just amazing. So Amy had a great idea, I think on that podcast, that she wanted to come on again a year later to update everybody to see where she was. Well, we did that yesterday, and it was a super fun interview. We got caught up. Amy shared her daily mantras and what she does on a daily basis to maintain a 56-pound weight loss and stopping over drinking permanently. It was a great conversation. I hope you feel inspired by this talk that I had with Amy. And if you'd like to join me in my Stop Over Drinking and Start Living program so you can have results like Amy, click the show notes in this podcast episode and get your applications in because we are filling up for the rest of 2020 right now. And my guess is that we will be full by early November. So get your applications in, read through all the information, and apply to join me. Also, we are celebrating the podcast in a huge way because we are approaching 100 episodes of Stop Over Drinking and Start Living. And I want to celebrate you all and your dedication and um, the growth and success that so many of you had just by listening to the podcast. So I am hosting a 100th episode podcast party. (laughs) It's going to be a virtual event held over Zoom. I'm super excited about it. I'm going to have some fun prizes, some book giveaways, a private session with me giveaway. Um, There's going to be a link in the show notes here to sign up for the podcast party. It's going to be on Monday, November 23rd at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So click through, sign up for that. And come and have some fun and celebrate the 100th episode of Stop Over Drinking and Start Living. And you're going to see me record that podcast live (laughs) to you guys, which is super fun to witness. Um, Also, leading up to that podcast, that 100th episode, I want to reward my listeners. So I am having a iTunes review contest. All right, I'm going to put all of the instructions on how to do it in the show notes here. But basically, you go to iTunes, you subscribe to the podcast, then you rate it, you give me a five-star review, only if you believe I deserve it, and then drop me a review in the comment there, and then send me an email with the topic of your review so I can go review it. And then I'm going to enter you to win one of three $100 Amazon gift cards. And we're going to be doing that every week until our 100th episode. All right, so get your iTunes reviews up there. The more reviews I get on iTunes, the more people that can find my podcast, it increases the ratings, and the more people that can get the help that you guys are all experiencing. So do it, and I appreciate it so much. So get your reviews in, enter to win the contest, sign up for the podcast party on November 23rd. I'm also having a coffee chat this Friday the 30th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. The link to sign up for that is also in the show notes. So lots of fun things coming this fall. And I just want to celebrate you. Thank you so much for being here. And I hope you enjoy today's episode with Amy. Thanks so much, Amy. Hello, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have Amy here today. Amy, you guys, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, Amy was on... I don't know. How long has it been? Has it been a year since you've been on the podcast or almost? Almost a year. So I think it was like in February or something of 2020 when you came on. I don't know. It's been a while. I have no idea. No. (laughs) Was it the year before? It's a blur. I have no idea. It's been a while. Anyway, so Amy um, 
was on after she finished up private coaching with me when I was still taking one-on-one clients and she shared her experience and her results that she had. And she had a great idea then to come back a year later to talk about like what it looks like a year after coaching or long-term success of this kind of work. So I thought it'd be fun to have Amy back on the podcast to talk about all the amazing things and like see kind of check in where she is. So welcome back, Amy. Well, thank you. It's pretty amazing you remembered that and that <laughs> it's coming up on that year, November 1st. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. So just if people haven't listened to your original podcast interview, why don't you just give us a little background about you and sort of where you were when you found the podcast and when you signed up with coaching, like what was going on with you then, and then kind of get us caught up here. Sure. So um, back when Back before coaching, boy, I was, I was overeating and over drinking. Every time I, every time I drank, I was over drinking. Every time I ate, it was too much of it. Um, And I just didn't know how to stop. And, you know, I would, I would get on these kicks where I would be exercising, I'd be eating right, I'd be not overeating, and I would lose the weight. And, you know, once I got to that goal, it was like, yes, I reached my goal. And then, and then it was it, I would, I would, you know, celebrate because I've reached the goal. And then all of a sudden I'm putting the weight back on. And every time I put the weight back on, it was, you know, put the weight back on plus 10 or plus Mm -hmm. five or whatever. So anyway, I, I was just, I was overweight and I was over drinking and, um, obviously those two go hand in hand. Um, so I don't know. I just, I was tired of it. I was really, really tired of it. And, um, you know, I'd wake up in the morning and I would just say, okay, I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to drink tonight, or I'm not going to drink this week. And, you know, that would be out the window by five o'clock. And, you know, I, it just drinking took up way too much of my brain space. And I, for a while there, I'm like, okay, I, I would look around, I would notice like what other people were drinking. I'm like, okay, I'm pretty on par with everybody. And then, mm-hmm. then I noticed, oh, I'm drinking a little bit more than everybody. And mm-hmm. I'm, just thinking about it too much. And it would be like, okay, we're going to go out. Who's going to drive? All right. We can just Uber. We, you know, it, and I was just tired of it. It was consuming me. So, um, I think I saw your ad on Facebook and reached out and, you know, it kind of, I was back and forth about it. Like, do I want to invest in myself? I don't know. You know, is there other things I can do? You know, you put out enough free content where it kind of gives you a nice taste of it. Mm-hmm. But until I signed up and like got the coaching for, you know, it to open up things about myself that I wasn't realizing, mm-hmm. you know, that that's what really, really did it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like having somebody else see some obstacles that it's really hard to see yourself, right? Yes. That's just normal. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. 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 So then you signed up for coaching and you went through that and you, you just like did all the things, right? Like you pretty much started having results right away. So like, yeah, tell, was, us, tell us about those results that you had. Sure. I was fully invested from day one. Um, it was, you know, I was absolutely all in, there was nothing that was going to derail me. Mm-hmm. And I was, I would look forward to feeling uncomfortable. I was, um, you know, and just really feeling those feelings and journaling and just doing everything that I was supposed to be doing. And really the results were, um, number one, the weight loss started happening very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, Just learning those tricks about like, you know, eating when you're at a negative two and stopping when you're at a positive two, like Mm -hmm. all those things and realizing like I ate all the time in fear of being hungry. And then, but, and then learning that it's okay to be hungry. You're not going to die. Like all those little tricks that you just tell yourself and you're, you can just move on about your day without, you know, without eating or, um, without buffering. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I, um, did that was what was the question (laughs) (laughs) just about some of your results so you you, once you got the coaching you invest in yourself I love that you said that you were wanted to feel uncomfortable like you found reasons or ways to be uncomfortable which is what I say right like the more willing you are to be uncomfortable the faster you'll get results like I would I would go to a party and a party that like if I wasn't gonna drink why would I go and I would go to these parties and be like I'm gonna only have one drink or Mm -hmm you know what, I'm not going to have any drinks. And Mm -hmm. like, those are the things that like really catapulted me to like the next level, because, you know, 
and I'm not saying it wasn't hard. Like mm-hmm. it was really hard. And then like, cause you're not only dealing with your own head, you're also dealing with people asking you like, yeah. why aren't you drinking? Like what's wrong with you? Or mm-hmm. people looking at you like, Oh, Oh, she might wonder if she's an alcoholic or, mm-hmm. you know, she's quitting or, you know, they, everybody has their own thoughts about you. And um, so you're dealing with that. You're dealing with your own, everything going on with yourself. And, uh, you know, at times it just feels like it's, you know, it's not worth it or it's not going to happen for you. And then all of a sudden it's like this little flip is switched and you're like, okay, this is, I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Getting for me too, with like getting fear of those few social situations in the beginning and like being willing, like knowing the the purpose of the uncomfortableness is like, it just increases your cap capacity to do bigger things right so like when Mm -hmm. you're willing to feel uncomfortable in those types of situations you're like okay I did that what else can I do and then you take it a little bit further to the next time a little bit for you start doing other things that you probably wouldn't have felt comfortable doing or too scared to do or maybe it's just going out for dinner without having a glass of wine or going on a trip Mm -hmm. without drinking or you know saying I'll just have one where like normally it would be 10 like just Mm -hmm. stretching yourself when you can rip that band-aid a lot in in the beginning to be uncomfortable it just sets you up to have more confidence in the future to try different things about it right yeah no absolutely Yeah. yeah So that's awesome. I mean, I, I think that's very similar to what it was in my journey as well. Um, you were definitely invested. You were willing to be uncomfortable. You showed up, you did all the work. So I think you had success because of that. Right. And I think too, like <laughs> I'm noticing in some of my clients now, it's like they believe me and they understand, like they get that I've been there and they know that a lot of my clients have great results, but then they like, they kind of want to argue. <laughs> Yeah, And I just want to say like, just do what I'm telling you to do. And if you do that, like it, it will work. Right. (laughs) Right. It's so true. I remember one time you were talking about, I I was so concerned about like this one person and Mm -hmm. I was like, well, no, you don't understand. Like if I'm not drinking with them, like, you know, there's no way that I'll have fun or this will, this will be a good time. Like she's just going to be awful. And so we'll, and what you had said was, well, how do you want it to go? And I was like, well, that's an odd way of looking at it. Okay. Well, I thinking I really don't have control over that. So mm-hmm. I did some writing and I wrote out my entire day of like how I wanted it to go. And I was, you know, I, I go do the event and I'm there and I'm like, this is fantastic. I'm having the exact time that I wrote about, you know, it's like, this is how I wanted it to go. And this is how it's going. And that was a moment for me. It was like, okay, you know, another moment of I can do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's so like a lot of times we think, oh, like, especially like we use the example of, you know, say you're just starting out and you're planning your drinks in advance, like I recommend. Mm -hmm. And there's like a Friday night dinner, right. Or a social event. And people are thinking about that event in advance. And they're like, oh my God, it's going to suck. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. We'll have to see what it's like when I get there. You know, all these typical mm-hmm. thoughts we have. I'm like, you guys get to decide what that experience is like. Right. You don't have to wait. And that was so surprising to me. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, you get to decide what that's like. Don't just wing it and be like, it's going to suck. Or I wonder if it's going to suck. Like right. start thinking about the experience that you want to have now. And, and program those, that experience in your brain so that when you get there, that's the experience that you get to have. Mm-hmm. This is the, yep. I just, I just love the magic of learning how to manage your mind, right? Like, and thinking about things in an intentional way and telling your brain what to think is the right. game changer. Right. It's, it's the work. It's, yeah. it's what you're doing to get to your result. And, yeah. you know, and I'll tell you, and this probably maybe leads into like your next question, um, but about you know, the future, like my, my future goals are to maintain all of this, which means doing the work every single day. So it's not like, oh, I reached my goal up oh, now I'm done, which is mm-hmm. what I used to do in the past. But now it's like, no, I've reached my goal. So my goal now is um, health and wellness. Like that is my goal. And so everything kind of just falls into place, but I write about it every single day. Mm-hmm. No, I th- me too. I mean, that's a lot of people ask me like, I have the six month program now. So they're like, do I still need to plan our drinks after six months? Or do we get to a point where we're just that person that has one or two? I'm like, if it's working for you, right. And you've gotten there, why on earth would you stop? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, yes, it would be easier not to sit down and, and take 10 minutes and write out your drink plan for the week. Mm-hmm. Sure. But like, if try it and see what happens. 
I'm guessing like if we're making decisions to drink in the moment that you're going to yep. creep back in. Right. So like yep. if you've been successful, guilty, been there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have yep. you? It's happened. Oh yeah. Yep. Let's talk about it. Yeah. So it's like you, you get to a point where it's like, all right, I'm good. I got this unlock. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, I'm all set. So then, you know, you do, you kind of go back into your, I don't want to say go back into your old habits because, you know, I certainly was never back to where I was by any means, but you know, you're in the moment and uh, like, Oh, well, you know, I didn't really plan on it, but you know what? I'm good now. So yeah, give give me a, I'll have one. I'll have two. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, all right, well maybe one more or maybe one more, you know? And Mm -hmm. it's, it, it puts you instantly back to like, no, this is not what I want to do. Like you just in that moment, that little failure, it's like, okay, it just reminds you of what you don't want to be. And so, yeah, yeah. It's just like when you, it's like not being intentional, right? So it's like when you are making those kind of decisions in the moment based on how you feel, right? That's exactly what got us here in the first place is like Mm -hmm deciding to drink or to eat or something like that based on in the moment decisions, which is always fueled by our emotions. Right. Yep. And so like the whole like big picture of this to to take back control and to own your power in your relationship with food and alcohol is learning how to engage with your brain in an intentional way and learning how to manage your brain in an intentional way, not being at the effect of those primitive urges and desires. So Mm -hmm. that never goes away. Like your brain is always going to be like, Oh, this would be fun. Oh, this sounds good. Ooh, let's do that. Right. Like it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. It's just easier. And that's so there's knowing that it's not like a battle or anything, but just in how the brain functions, that you're always going to be asked to make those decisions in the moment. But like I think when you've gotten to where you are now, you you've played with both sides of it, right? And like mm-hmm. by by planning, by doing your journaling and working on your mind and you know, doing self-coaching you can see the benefit of that, right? It's yeah, such oh, absolutely. Success. The planning, planning is, it really is key. It really is key. Yep. Yeah. So tell me about, um, you know, you went through the, the eight weeks with me and then you, you know, continued working on your own. So tell me why, like, into this point, like, why do you think you've been successful? You're a year out now after losing that mm-hmm. getting to your goal, right? Yeah, so I, I think I signed up with you in May. And then did the eight week program. Um, and then I, and then by November I had lost, you know, my, I was basically, what I did was, you know, I wasn't intentionally trying to lose weight. I was just following the program and I wanted my body to be where my body was comfortable being. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I reached, uh, 56 pounds down and that just seems to be where my body wants to be. And Mm -hmm. so once I reached that, I have now maintained it for a year in one week, it will be one year. Um, so what was the question? <laughs> I'll keep asking. You that. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> what do you think has attributed to that success of maintaining it a 56 pound weight loss, which is huge, by the way, congratulations. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Year. Like, what do you think? Why is that? Why has it been successful for you? It's, it's really just been the daily work every day. Um, I would say 98% of the time I journal. And if I don't, it's because I forget or, you know, for whatever reason. Um, but I journal every single day and I write out how I want my day to go. I write out what I'm grateful for. Um, I try to figure out what thoughts are not serving me. Um, and by doing that, you know, I've uncovered things that we didn't even uncover in those eight weeks. You know, I, I had a thought about myself that I didn't even realize it was so deep seated down in me and that it was part of like my everyday life. And I just, it was my normal. So I didn't realize it until I really started to notice patterns. And the thought was that I was unimportant, un- unimportant. And mm-hmm. so I've done, and I've, I've only realized this in the last like four months. Mm-hmm. So I've really been now focusing on that. And, um, you know, I can look at relationships in my life that have suffered or when I get offended by something you know it's usually because that person's you know I'm air quoting here but like making me feel unimportant and um you know so I'm able to do the work to say okay no 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 this is my own issue this is not what they said to me this is because I'm feeling unimportant you know 
that's the reason I'm, I'm feeling this way. So, so anyway, yeah, that was, that was really great to uncover. Yeah. So like the, the benefit of doing the ongoing journaling, the ongoing thought management is that you're always sort of like uncovering old thoughts in there, or even like, if you have a problem that pops up, you're able to see the thoughts that are causing the biggest issues and you can prevent a lot of shit happening by mm-hmm. managing your mind, right? And you get to find these old shitty thoughts that you've probably had since you were a kid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. What else do you do? Like talk about like the actions that you take on a, on a regular basis that help you maintain. I, um, I work out and I don't make excuses for myself to not work out. Um, even when, you know, I woke up on Saturday, I'd, I'd worked a really long week the, the week before, um, and because of Corona, I've been out of work for a while. So working a full week was, you know, took a lot, lot out of me. Mm-hmm. So I woke up on Saturday and I'm like, I could sleep in today. And I'm like, you know what? I made a commitment. I'm going to go. And it doesn't mean I have to work out at a thousand percent. It just means I can do what I can do. And so I went and I did it. And it wasn't the best workout I've ever had in my life, but I was so happy that I went. And, um, you know, I felt good for the rest of the day. I wasn't overtired and everything, which I probably would have been if I had laid in bed and not done anything. Um, so, so it's like little I... things like that is just like, when yeah. you say you're going to do something, you do it right. So yes. your muscle and honoring your commitments is pretty strong. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Definitely do that. Um, and I remember, so when, you know, when we all shut down for, <clears throat> excuse me, for Corona, um, I am like, you know, my gym shut down, my, you know, my trainer at the gym was, you know, obviously unable to do that. And so I'm like, I am not letting this get me down. No way. I'm, you know, I've (laughs) lost the weight for six months. This is not going to do me in. Absolutely not. So, you know, I had my moment to like, you know, okay, let's work through this. You're feeling sorry for yourself. You're bored. You're lonely. You're stuck home with your kid and, you know, okay, work through that. Now it's time to like kick it into high gear. So I made a gym in my basement and, and my basement is a basement, you know, it's not like, you know, it's not a finished basement by any means. I'm like constantly moving my husband's tools aside to fit my computer on his workbench and I have a little yoga mat and no weights and I just, I just do it. And, um, so, you know, I wasn't going to let it get me down and I, I really, I haven't, I've maintained the weight. and, you know, people see me now and they're like, Oh, you didn't put on your, you know, what COVID-19 or, you know, and I'm like, no. And I just tell people if I can get through this, I can get through anything. Yes. Love that. Yeah. So besides exercising, what did you talk to me about like your relationship with food and alcohol and, and the way you maintain that now? So when your brain is like, or you go to a party and it's like, oh, I could just have this one thing or tell me like your daily sort of mantra to keep you in this maintenance area that you are. A lot of it is realizing why I'm hungry. Mm-hmm. So when I'm at a party I'm and I'm feeling snacky, I'm like, am I hungry? No, I'm not hungry. Um, you know, it's almost like you need to do something with your hands or something. And for me, it's like a little social, social awkwardness Mm -hmm. and, or social anxiety. And, you know, it's, for me, it's like, it was something to do. And so that I just have really tried to cut out. Um, and just just being so aware. What does your brain say? Like, are you like, Ooh, it's sounds, I could have a, a bite of that. Um, in the moment when I'm, you know, looking at the sea of food or something, um, it's, it's really, I, I I don't need it. I, that, that's not going to bring me to my goal of health and wellness. Mm -hmm. And, and really, I always keep that goal in the back of my head is, Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I write about that every single day. Like my goal is health and wellness. And that is, all things surrounding that. Um, so yeah, in the moment it's, it's just looking at the stuff going, I don't need that, or there's a healthy option. And that was part of my, you know, plan today was to be at the party. And if there is a healthy option to have a a little snack, make your, make yourself one plate of that. And when you're done, you're done and, and feel satisfied because that's the other part of it is that when I would just eat, you know, the little snackies that were, you know, on the healthier side, I'd be done. And I'd be looking around like, Oh, everyone else is eating cake. Everyone else is doing this or that. Um, and I would, that feeling of deprivation would like kill me. And then if I, 
um, really let that get to me, then I would just go ahead and indulge times 10. It would be like almost even worse than what I normally would have done because I was feeling deprived. So I really did a lot of work on, um, or, and I do a lot of work before a party or before, um, you know, I know where there's going to be snacks around or something Mm -hmm. um, to do the work and to just tell myself, like, I won't feel deprived. Like I'm going to feel satisfied after I'm done eating those things because food is just nourishment. That's all it is. So Mm -hmm. if you're eating crap, you're not being nourished and that doesn't get you to your health and wellness goals. So Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah. The whole deprivation thing is all about not that you're not eating it. It's what you're thinking about not eating it. That causes the deprivation, right? Yes. Yeah. So knowing because my, my husband doesn't feel that way when he doesn't eat that, when he doesn't eat garbage, he doesn't feel deprived by any means. Yeah. So fascinating. Right. Yeah. We th- like, again, going back to like the idea of like the experience when you're talking about your friend, like you are not going to have fun if you're not going to be drinking. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, we think it's just an automatic that we're going to feel deprived if we're not eating and drinking all the shit. Like, right. I don't want- and so when we think that way, like, I don't want to feel deprived then like before we even are in the deprivation, we yeah. are, over, we're already planning to like over drink or overeat. Right. So like yeah. a lot of times when my clients are putting their dream plan together, you know, on like a Friday night, they're like, Oh, it's going to be, I don't want to feel deprived at the party. I'm going to put four drinks on there. I'm like, yeah, you get to choose. Yeah. <laughs> you are going to feel deprived or not. Like that doesn't have to automatically happen to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So good. I love that point. So basically what you're doing to maintain is you're, you're journaling, you're managing your mind, you're telling yourself the experience that you want to have before big social events. Um, but tell me more like about the day-to-day shit, you know, like, cause the day-to-day decisions about where right. like, little bat, like, right. We call it grab assy, right. Grab yep. assy bites of this while you're cooking. Or for me, it's like the grab assy bites after I've done eating and I'm cleaning things up, like, this tastes so good. You know, like those, those, those little moments are actually what has the biggest impact of our long-term goals. So tell me about your daily kind of thought process about that stuff. Hmm, I'm trying to think of, I don't know. It's like, I guess a lot of times when it becomes your normal, you don't, you don't think about it, but um, Mm -hmm. even, I mean, so I'll tell you a story and then maybe yeah. you, can, you can think about it. So I made, it was my daughter's birthday this past weekend and she mm-hmm. wanted a brownie ice cream cake. Mm. And I'm like, I'll make that. It's not a big deal. So I got some brownie mix and I made it in the morning. Um, I think it was Friday morning and um, you had to make the cake or the brownie and then it has to cool. And then you thaw out ice cream and then you put the ice cream on top of this thing and then you put it in the freezer. Okay. So there's like Mm -hmm. a multiple step process. So I had planned on my food plan to have the brownies, like the brownie cake that night with the birthday celebration. And, but what I did, I forgot about the actual act of making the brownies, right? Like I didn't even think (laughs) to eat the fucking brownies, Yeah. (laughs) like the brownie batter, you know? So I'm like, it's, it's Ghirardelli you know, Ghirardelli brownie mix. It was like, oh, indulgent. Yeah. You know, the smell of that chocolate. And I'm like, Ooh, my brain just lit up, you know, it just lit up with like, Oh, you could just have like, you're like, you're not living unless you can have a bite of brownie mix on your daughter's birthday. Like there's something wrong with you. If you can't do that. I'm like, you're right brain. Like (laughs) I was like, totally like in it. And I'm like, I'm just going to have it. And I know that this is my primitive brain and I don't care. And then I was like, huh, I'm like, I could, and this is just me, my train, my brain to really challenge this type of thinking, but I was in it for a minute, you know? And then I'm like, you could do it. Or you could see what disallowing the urge would be like. And I was like, okay, I want to feel the desire for the brown, the, the brownies. Like having desire is a good thing. We need desire in our lives. And I just mm-hmm. opened myself up to feeling that urge. And it was like, just kind of rolled through me and it was over. And I ended up not eating. So this is like the example of the day-to-day kind of stuff that comes up and how I work through that in my brain so that I do maintain. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that similar to what you do? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's kind of a constant thing where you know all day especially if I'm working from home if I'm sitting at that computer I notice myself sitting there standing up I'll, I'll stand up and start walking around and in the moment I'm like 
I know, I know what you want. I know what you want. You want something to like little, little snacky just to, yes. while you're sitting there and you're bored with work, you want to go do something else for a second. Um, it's a good distraction. And I will sit there and I'll just say, you know, go ahead, get up and walk around the room, stretch your legs. But that doesn't mean you're hungry, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just like recognizing in those moments that like, you know, like food is not going to solve your boredom at all. Like you're going right back to it in, in a second anyway things need to get done. Um, or yesterday, um, I was really hungry, but I was, I was cooking. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, and my son wanted s'mores and I forgot to buy, um, graham crackers. And so my, um, we ran to my neighbors and he actually had a box of graham crackers. So he brought them back. And, um, you know, the first thing I did, I tore it open and I took a bite and I was like, well, now my dinner's not going to taste as good. If I, if I eat this whole thing, my dinner is not going to taste as good. And that is actually something kind of sidebar here that I've noticed when you eat, when you're hungry, your food tastes so much more delicious and I don't care what it is. It's like satisfying. It's delicious. Um, But anyway, so I I take this bite of this graham cracker and I'm like, Oh no, I really want, you know, we were having steak last night that I had planned for. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, I really want to enjoy it. So I gave it to my dog. You know, it, like I was able to just be like, no, I don't need this. Like I'm looking forward to my meal. We're going to eat in 10 minutes. I don't need this right now. Yes, That so. is what I'm talking about. Those little decisions yeah. in the moment is the big. So if you think about how many of those little decisions that you make in mm-hmm. a day, right? So like when you're planning your food on a regular basis and then like, you know, you're super conscious of it as am I, you recognize all those little decisions that where you say no to that kind mm-hmm. of grab assy in the moment type shit. When you look at like where it used to be when before coaching oh. or before this, how many calories? And I hate talking about calories, but that's I what know. I really recognize, yep. right? So when you look at that, that was probably like a thousand calories or 1200 calories and little grab ass bitey things that mm-hmm. I would do throughout the day because I was so unaware and so unconscious of it and just at the effect of my primitive brain. But I think yeah. you and I are, are very similar. Like you're, you're able to recognize it now Yep. And, and interrupt that automatic process with like, no, we can make that decision. Like there's another option here besides just eating the thing or drinking the thing. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, totally. And that, that's something that's gotten much easier mm-hmm. for me, you know, and, and by not, um, I know like snacks are, I don't want to say no, no, but the snacks are not, you know, you don't want to be snacking all the time basically. Right. But I know that if I'm starving and I have to go to work for a couple hours and I'm not going to have a chance to eat, like, I know that I'm going to have to pack that little, um, almond yeah. pack for myself so that I'm, I don't have that ravenous feeling of like, cause at that point I'll be, a, a you know, a super hungry. And I, mm-hmm. I just don't want to get to that point where you feel like you need to overeat to kind of overcompensate for it. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I have my little tricks that work for me and, um, I just plan for them and know that they're, they're going to happen. Yeah. I love the, I think planning for the snacks is a really good. So I've like kind of shifted a little bit about the snacks. Like I generally don't recommend that you plan to have snacks just because you don't want to experience hunger. Like all those little mini meals that we're trained, we're supposed to eat every two to three hours to maintain your metabolism. Like all that is bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. We should only be eating when we're actually hungry and stopping Mm -hmm. when we're satisfied. Which makes so much sense. Right. Like we're, our (laughs) body is programmed to do that naturally. Like we don't need to overcomplicate it. Right. Yeah. Um, but now like, I like the idea of planning for a snacks if you need it, because when you plan for it and you're not in response to the need yeah. for it in the moment, you make better decisions. Right. So like, I mean, so right. such better decisions. Yeah. It's just like, I can, I, I can plan to have like a cheese stick or a, you know, a handful of almonds or an apple, yeah. or I cannot plan for something and hope that I don't get hungry. And then I I'm more cl- inclined to go for the potato chips. Yeah. You yep. know, very true. Love it. Okay. That was really, really good. So I think it's important to see like just the little day-to-day decisions that, you know, people would have, like once you get here to maintain it, you have to still make those decisions. Yep. And I, you know what I think also is always be open to like learning new things and new ways of thinking. And, and I think that's also part of it. And um, like, I still take your free classes that you offer yeah. because I already know what to do, but just mm-hmm. being surrounded by people who are, are, or were in the same boat as you and just having like-minded people around you 
is it's just smart. It's just, you know, it, it feels good. And yes. to know you can um, be vulnerable and to bounce mm-hmm. an idea off of somebody is is really great. So like learning new things and, you know, reading. I'm not a big reader. I, I've mm-hmm. never liked it. But, um, you know, I'm just reading these these books and just just learning. And um, my my best friend actually signed up for scholars and mm-hmm. she her and I are on the phone constantly talking about all this stuff. You know, she had, she had a totally different issue. Um, so she went another Avenue, mm-hmm. but um, it's, it's the same thing, you know, and it's, it's so fun to be able to talk about this yes. stuff with people that get it right. So yes. like, I love that you said, take the free classes, do all the things mm-hmm. yourself in this shit. So that's, that's like, I have two very close friends that um, have now like in my local area that like, one of them joined another coaching program. And then now one of them works for one of the current crab tree from fit and fat. Oh, cool. One of really good friends works for her and nice. like supports her on her team and they've changed their lives. It's like mm-hmm. and the three of us geeking out to that. Um, and then <laughs> there's another friend that joined the life coach school and is getting her coach certification, like wow. all the local area. And it's just like to have those conversations with those girls now is like, compared to what we would talk about right it's so much more meaningful oh my gosh my relationships that's what I that's a big question that I get asked a lot is like how have your relationships changed have you lost your friends I'm like no I've influenced my friends like my friends like they they are inspired by this and they've changed their lives too like it has an impact in my husband like all of it my kids my relationships my parents like the positive impact of this work in other people's lives just from the things that I've done is profound. And that's, a, that's something that I had no idea going in. Like when I went into this, I was like totally focused on just stopping over drinking. Mm-hmm. And then we started talking about self-love and I'm like, what? Like, no, 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 no. It's the drinking. <laughs> that's the problem. Like not, not the self-love. Like what, uh-huh. is, what even is that? So yeah, I didn't realize it would just be all encompassing and, you know, really kind of talk to every aspect of your life. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's actually what I wanted to talk about next <laughs> because I, I, it's been so prevalent in my coaching group right now. Um, there are people like a lot of people just joined and are joining right now. And we, there's a whole month in the program on self-love. And I think with the private coaching too, I had a special section on loving mm-hmm. yourself. Right. Yep. Yep. And a lot of people think when they first hear that term, or they feel like it could be like a buzzy sort of trendy, like, Ooh, love yourself and pamper yourself and all this stuff. And it's like, so not like that. Right. No. It's like, it's hard and it's painful mm-hmm. sometimes to do that. It's not um, spa treatments and go getting pedicures. You know what I mean? It's like diving into your, what you think about yourself and uncovering some really shitty things (laughs) that you've been saying and having beliefs about yourself that we need to bring to the surface so that we can change those thoughts to feel good about ourselves when we do this work. Right. So one of the biggest things is like when people want to lose weight, they think their initial drive to lose the weight is because they're disgusted with themselves and they feel frustrated with the weight that they've gained over the years or whatever it is. And so that feeling that they have about themselves and their weight drives the action to want to do something with it. Right. That's fine in the beginning. Like get on board with it, right? If you're feeling frustrated with how much you're weighing or you can't fit into your clothes, by all means, do something about it. But at some point we got to shift to loving yourself where you are and accepting yourself and uncovering why you got here in the first place by how you think about yourself so that you can feel better about yourself to have those long-term changes. It's so true. If you don't, if you're not loving yourself the way you are right now, doesn't matter if you take off a hundred pounds or yep. 10 pounds, it doesn't matter because you're going to, those same feelings are still going to be there once yep. you've unpeeled or, you know, shed those pounds. Yes. So. so can we talk um, about that a little bit? Like, tell me about when you first started this and sort of uncovering your own thoughts and unveiling some of the things that were in your brain. Did you yeah. find any like deep, dark thoughts that you knew that like were holding you back or. Yeah. I mean, I know I've, I've always been a little insecure and I've been, you know, and I was a people pleaser and like, I, I knew all of that stuff. I didn't know kind of how deep seated it was and how it affected, you know, so many different parts of my life. But, um, 
yeah, I just, I guess you get to a point where you just realize like this, it's not helping me it, it that mm-hmm. those thoughts just don't help yourself. And so really just being like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go into the situation. I'm going to, I'm going to force myself to love myself and do the work in order to do that. And, you know, everything did fall into place for me. Um, and so by the time that I did lose the weight, I, you know, can look in the mirror and be proud of myself and happy with myself. And those, those other feelings, I feel like I have worked through, you know, mm-hmm. um, and the other day, so I was coming up here, I am coming up on this, this year of having lost the weight for a year. And, you know, I put on a couple pounds and I'm looking at the scale because I still weigh myself every day to give mm-hmm. myself a nice gauge of where mm-hmm. I'm at. And I'm looking, I'm like, that's, that's four pounds up. Hmm, imagine that. Okay. Well, you know, and you, your brain just automatically goes to, oh, what are you doing to yourself? Like, are you going to go back to your old ways? And you know, that's, I'm able to just stop myself and go, uh, uh-uh, no, no, no. I don't care if I put on every single pound back. I still love myself. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, or if I look at my body and there's, there's something that, because you know, everybody can look at their body and pick something out that maybe isn't their favorite aspect of their body, but to be, to just look at yourself and just go, this is who I am and I'm okay with it. You know, that, that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. And then to actually believe those thoughts. Yes. Too, very right? true. And, and it, it does take time. Yeah. At the beginning, we, we have these practices like, okay, what is your first thought about yourself when you weigh yourself? You're like, that's unacceptable is what most people think, or that's too high, or I can't do this, or you know what I mean? Something like they have a a thought about their weight, right? Mm -hmm. And then it's a hard jump to be like, I'm going to love, I love myself unconditionally, right? Right. But you've done the work on your brain to believe that thought now. What is that process like for you? Or what was it like for you? Um, I, I was, it's almost like a like just finding your self-worth and like seeing what you're capable of. And um, I don't know, it's just, you know, one day like a thought would come up, you know, a positive thought and and it would just be just a very small tweak to it and just kind of, and I know you have that, the, what is it? The ladder, Um, you know, it would be just tweaking it just a little bit each day to just try to, get myself to the point where I now can say, I love myself no matter, mm-hmm. no matter, you know, what I say and what I do. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I still have those insecure thoughts every once in a while, but, you know, it just, just coming into this, um, sitting down and doing this podcast, you know, like I, I had to write out my, you know, biggest fear is losing my train of thought. Oh my God, what are going to, what are good people going to think of me? And, you know, my thought, I'm like, well, what is my thought about that? Like, okay, so I lose my train of thought. What is, what is something that I'm, what's my thought about that? And my thought is, oh my God, what if people think I'm stupid, you know? And um, so from there, you know, it makes you feel awful and, you know, and all that does is make me trip up more. And so I'm like, no, here's my intentional thought. If I lose my train of thought, then guess what? It's meaningless. It's meaningless. It doesn't mean that I'm stupid. It just, you know, it means it's not a big deal and I can recover from it and I can keep on keeping on. And it makes me feel powerful and smart, you know? And so just, just doing, just doing that work. I think the, to sort of kind of like chunk her up or like wrap it up in a bow. The question is, is like, how do you move from self-loathing to self-love? And basically Mm -hmm thought work, right? Like recognizing the thought that you have originally, and then shifting that thought just a little tiny bit and doing the work in your journal, right? Mm -hmm. And like managing your mind when you notice these thoughts is, okay, it's good to go from like, I'm disgusting, and I'm working on changing that thought. That's like adding or just adding that little shift. I think I'm disgusting. And that's just a thought. Okay, yeah, yeah. that, that is what, like, what we're talking about is like, you can't go from, I'm disgusting to, I love myself. Right. Right. And that's yep. not what you did either. Right. You no. have those thoughts and you just made a quick little adjustment to it. Like, and it's okay. I'm, I'm working on changing that or 
I, I, I know that I can think about this in a different way. I'm open to finding it out. Like yep. some little adjustment. That you, yeah. That's small, small like, moves. Yep. Yeah. Small moves that just, yep. you know, get you to where you want to be. Yeah. And then all of a sudden after practicing that and doing the work, like, I think this is the biggest part of like, when you invest into a program, you invest into yourself too, is like, you're actually more inclined to do the work that I'm suggesting. Like every podcast episode I hear, I'm like, do this and this. Probably not a lot of people do that because there's no skin in the game, right? It's just like, oh, it's nice. Very true. That makes sense. I resonate with what she's saying. That sounds like it would work. But then the people that do it without investing are probably very small, right? Right. Yeah, yeah I agree. But like you doing this work continually in your journal of like, you're recognizing these thoughts that you have in your brain, you're writing them out on a piece of paper, and then you're just making small adjustments to them. Yep. especially around the self-love and you see because you can see how your current thoughts before the coaching created the result of being overweight and mm-hmm. over drinking like you saw how your thinking created that right yes like yep. once you got inside the program right yep. so like you can see now and trust that if you keep thinking negatively way negatively about yourself and what you think about yourself that that's going to get you the similar results that you had right? This is what I try to tell my clients. It's like, you got here by (laughs) self-loathing. You just didn't know. And that's okay. Right. But I can help you see those, how those thoughts are creating your results for you right now. And I promise, like, if you can figure out how to at least accept and love yourself, that your results that you want are just waiting for you. Like Mm -hmm. it's almost magical. Like, and people are so scared to do that because they think, if they do that, they're letting their gas off the pedal, right? They're like, they're not being hard on themselves. And they're like, well, how am I right. going to change if I do, if I like myself and I don't want right. to weigh this, like, how do I change? Like, can you speak to that at all? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, it's like everything you're saying is like, yes, yes, yes. And yes. I, I don't even know how to add to it. It's like, uh, I know like getting, getting to that point, like it, it is a hurdle. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, you know, it's a feat because you're, you have to work towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, it's something that I still work, work for and work with every single day, um, yeah. to maintain that. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think it's just being open for people that are skeptical of loving yourself and accepting yourself now be open to doing it that way because what you've been doing in the right, past isn't right. Not working. So right. Why not be open to trying this way of, and, and, and guess what? It's so much, it feels so much better and we have so much fun it when does. We feel about ourselves. Right. Which then turns into like having longer lasting results, which I think is what you're experiencing right now. Yeah. Yep. It, it is. It's, it's an incredible feeling to actually say, you know what? I love myself. Yeah. So good. And so from that place, like getting on the scale and seeing that you gain four pounds, when mm-hmm. you're like, no, I love myself. How do you feel? I mean, it just makes it like, you know, you're going to be fine. You know, it, 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 there's no need. What, what is beating myself up going to, going to do for me? I mean, yeah. absolutely nothing positive. Yeah. So just saying, you know what, a couple pounds. Okay. You like, you have the tools, you know what you need to do and, and do it. Yeah. And, and actually, and also I've been doing it. So it's like having that, those couple extra pounds. Okay. Well, you know, maybe it's where my body wants to be for this season or, you know, it's not like I'm going up a whole pant size. So I have to, you know, change. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, it did end up coming off and I'm right back to where I was. So yeah. not a problem, you know, and yeah. if I did make it a big deal and, you know, and then it came off and it would be like, oh, okay. Well, anyway, that was, that was a waste of time. So yes, yes, you're not giving away your the way you feel to a number on the scale, right? Yep. Yeah, you're like, it's I can choose how I feel just like going to the party in the future or that experience with your friend. You're like, I get yeah. to decide what I feel about this, right? Right? Yeah, feel doesn't is not dictating you being happy. And, and the way it does come off, you probably weren't just like, Oh, my God, yes, right? Like, no. you're just like, yep, I still nothing's changed. That, that was exactly what it, it was this morning. I weighed yeah. myself. I'm like, Oh, look, there it is back at it. Yeah. Yep. There wasn't a big, big up and down on either end of it, right? Nope. Nope. Not at all. It's just like a neutral like, yeah, that yep. feels good. Like when you when you recognize, yep, I know that I'm doing the right things makes sense. It's mm-hmm. different from like, Thank God, I, I know. Off and 
you know, <laughs> celebrate by eating some more food. <laughs> right. I know. Well, now, now my, my celebration is anytime I want to celebrate something, I go for a run. That's oh, my, that's like my reward to myself of like, yeah, I'm at a goal. Okay. Go for a run. Love it. That's my, you know. Yeah. So good. Um, what was I going to ask you? I don't remember. I'm looking at my oh, notes. Did you just lose your train of thought? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> you know, I think about that too. It's like, I worry about, you know, I have, I send a lot of emails out and I don't have anybody proofread my stuff and I make workbooks and do all the things. And like, there's so many mistakes in that. I'm like, if I worried about that kind of stuff, I would right. never get anything done. Right. Like, nobody right. would ever receive any content from me because I would be so worried that somebody would think I didn't, I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart. Right. Like, you right. Know, like, who cares? I'm not here as a writer. I'm yeah, here to help change content and right. help them stop over drinking and to lose weight. Like if I don't have the right punctuation, there's a misselling mistake. It doesn't mean I'm not smart enough. Right. You know? Yeah. Crazy. But I think that's also what people like about me. Like I'm just real. And I let that stuff come through <laughs> like a real human being would, you know? You do. I, and I, I love that. And you're relatable and mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Anything else you feel like we should know? I think we covered it. I mean, you, got coaching, you changed the way you thought, you learned how to manage your brain, you learned how to be uncomfortable and feel your feelings. You've maintained like the work that you learned how to do, the skills, yep. the tools that you learned in the coaching. And, and now it's fun. It's fun to kind of see like, well, what am I going to do next? Where am I going to go? And like the other things that, you know, I, I now, I used to like look for things to do so that I couldn't drink. And now I'm doing things because I'm not drinking, you know? And like, I am... I, I met up with a friend the other day who I saw on Facebook, she was hiking, like an old friend from high school. And I'm like, Hey, if you ever want a partner, I'm a little slow with work. And, you know, and she's, well, let's go do it. So now we're doing five miles and tomorrow or two days, we're going to do, you know, a six and a half mile one. And it's just fun and different. And I started kayaking and biking and like all these fun things that are like who I am and I love doing it all. So it's just opened a lot of doors. Yes. I love that. I feel like I have way more fun now than I did yeah. before. I thought right, I was right. having fun, but it really, like when you really look at it, it's like, it's really not fun to feel like shit in the morning and then have all those thoughts about doing something yeah. and not following through and then getting caught up in the cycle and, you know, yeah. missing half of your weekend because you're hung over. Yeah. That's not fun. Right. <laughs> it's but fun to like say, wait. I'm going to go celebrate with a freaking run and go yeah. climbing up a mountain or going kayaking. Like that's way more adventurous, totally. way more interesting, way more fulfilling than what it was like before. Yeah. And right now there's um, within that uh, private Facebook group um, mm-hmm. with all the girls that have signed up with you, mm-hmm. um, there's a 14 alcohol free challenge mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. And so I'm like, why not? let's do it and I had already been I had already like just not planned for any drinks the week before so by the time it's over it'll be three weeks and it's just like when you plan to not have any drinks it's the easiest thing in the world because your brain doesn't even go there like oh no we're just not drinking so what I started doing was um I wrote a little list so every day that I don't have any alcohol I write today instead of drinking I and so like I have these little bullet points of like the things that I've done because I wasn't drinking you know and I mean last night I watched a movie until 1130 which is super late for me so I was like well I would have been sleeping if you know I had or you know trying to sleep if I had a couple glasses of wine or something but in front of you right now I do yeah yeah um so one day I hiked on that, you know, that five mile hike worked out. Um, and I got, I had actually gotten 22,000 steps that day. Um, and I made a delicious, healthy meal. And then another time I worked and then I was able to tackle this very like highly sensitive issue, um, with a family member with a very clear mind, which was great. And, um, and it, you know, it kind of came about like around seven o'clock at night and, you know, back in the day, seven o'clock at night would not have been a good time for me to have a deep conversation with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had a clear mind and was able to feel and process those feelings. Um, and then, Oh, this was really cool. So after a weekend of not drinking um, and even, and I say drinking and I mean like two glasses of wine, but yeah. at not having any alcohol, I woke up um, 
and went to like my Monday morning workout and I got the best workout of my life. And I was like, what a difference. Like it was just great. And, you know, I went from being like the, the heaviest and the slowest in these like intense workouts that I do. And I say intense, but they're like cross conditioning classes. They're Mm -hmm. just, that's, what's fun for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I went from, to being one of the heaviest and the slowest to the fastest and, you know, just, I I just love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. That's just a little, a few of the little things that has happened these, these past few weeks. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, You're, I love where your brain is like, you're focusing on what you have and what you're Mm -hmm. able to do instead of what you're missing. And I think that's a big, like, like for all of you guys who are considering whether you join my program or not, or just taking on a challenge of stopping over drinking, let your brain go to the possibilities of what you're going to gain from this work instead of what you might miss. Because I promise you, like, you're not missing anything when you don't drink. Right. Except for hangovers, regret, puffiness, <laughs> weight gain, and just feeling fucking stuck. Like yeah. that's what you're going to miss. But what is available to you, if you think like what you can gain is so, so much more motivating for us to take changes. Like even for you, Amy, like at the very beginning, for you to know what it was going to be like 18 months later, like, could you even imagine? So sorry, it cut out there for a moment. So could you go back to the question? Oh, that's okay. So the question was like, for you to even know what your life could look like, was mm-hmm. that even like on the horizon for you? Like the possibilities of where you are right now? No, because I didn't even know what was possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, when you think of like, I'm going to stop over drinking, it's like it's such a foreign concept. Like, like how would how would one go about doing that? And it's mm-hmm. just it's such a holistic way of doing it too. It's not, it doesn't just focus on the the over drinking. There's so many other aspects to it and reasons for why you're doing that. So, you know, tackling all of those at once where, you know, it might seem a little overwhelming, but it's broken up in a way that you're able to tackle it and able to get through it. Yeah. So good. Anything else you want to add? Anyone? words of wisdom or inspiring things for people thinking about doing it in it, just finishing a program. Just, just do it. (laughs) I mean, they're like, I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, God, I wish you would open it up to more of like, not even over drinking. You know what I mean? Because it's like, whatever issue I'm having, you take that brain model and you put it towards it and you're like, boom, there it is. You know, I teach my seven-year-old this stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, in the beginning, he really resisted it. Like, I know, mom, feel your feelings, or, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, and then and now he does it. He does it, you know, and um, it's great. We actually we went to a um, he, he's having really hard time with the whole homeschooling thing. And so I'm like, you know what? There's no shame in like going to talk to a little counselor or something. So we got him the counselor and um, the counselor doesn't do the brain model, but he, you know, it's, it's similar in that, like, just, you got to feel your feelings. And, mm-hmm. and I think the, the counselor, cause you're, uh, you know, the parent is there during the yeah. session and uh, within it, I think the counselor was kind of looking at me like, how do you know all this stuff? <laughs> you know, like, and so I'm able to, you know, reiterate it at home too. And he's finally, he's getting it. It's great. And, you know, he doesn't roll his eyes at me every five minutes when yes. I'm talking got, about it now. That's non mom reinforcement. There yes. Too. Yep. So good. Yeah. I tell him he's so lucky because I learned this at 37. Here he is seven years old. I'm like, you're going to be so far ahead of me. You know, this is great. No, that's what I think about my kids too. I'm like, they hate it when I say, you know, let's go meditate and let's go practice what you're feeling. Nothing's gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> There's right. like, um, don't life coach me right now. <laughs> thank you later for it, <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this was lovely. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm so proud of you. I'm so happy that to see you thriving and living and your participation in the private Facebook group and yeah. for constantly inspiring people. So thank well, you. Thank you. And yeah, it was an absolute honor to be on. I mean, part of my like, you know, writing goals and things and just being part of a any podcast for me was like bucket list sort of stuff and then so not only have I done it now I'm doing it a second time like it's even it's just it's wonderful so thank you we'll talk to you soon all right have a good one bye
Holy heck. <laughs> so good, right? Thank you so much, Amy, for coming on the podcast to share where you are one year later. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. All right, you guys, who's signing up to be like Amy? Click the link in the show notes. Apply to join me and stop over drinking and start living. Get in there. Get your applications in. Don't delay. Have the support that you want on hand through the holidays, through the start of 2021, and make this a permanent stop to your over drinking struggles. See you there. Bye. <laughs>